If you've been listening or reading our stuff for a while, you'll already know that the McLeod remedy is one of the biggest changes to the NHS pension in absolutely years. And there's been increasing amounts of information coming out. And we've summarized it all on our website at medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod, which is spelled M-C-L-O-U-D. So medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod. But today we are reacting to the news of the compensation, which we've been waiting for ages. So this is going to help you if you've been affected by McLeod and you've had to pay for advice. And this is just a great summary of what you need to do and when you need to do it by. But you really need to get going because you might only have one year to sort this out. And as doctors ourselves, we know how busy you are. And we know that doctors love to leave things to the last minute, including ourselves. So you got to get going. So if you want to know if you're affected by McLeod, go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod. We have all the information you need to help you there. If you need advice or where to get expert help, go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod. And if you want to know the latest information, subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to our podcasts. Join our email list at medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash join. But let's get into this really important episode about compensation. And if you've got any questions and you're watching on YouTube, drop them in the YouTube comments and then everybody can learn from the answers that we give. Thanks so much for watching. Let's get into it. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So we are back on the podcast and YouTube with Mr. Andy Powell, specialist medical accountant, ASMA board member and Medics Money specialist medical accountant extraordinaire. And we've got Mr. Graham Crosley from MediFintech, which means only one thing. We are talking pensions today because the NHS has just released some guidance about compensation for McLeod. So this is going to be of interest to lots of you. So should we just get straight into it and start with the basics of what is McLeod and who is affected? Yeah, sure. So this all goes back to 2015 when the uh, the reform scheme, the 2015 Career Average Revalued Earner Scheme was introduced. Um, and when it was introduced, those who were older members, they got to stay in their legacy 95-2008 scheme. Now, this was uh, ultimately declared as discrimination and went through all the courts. And now the government is in this position whereby they have to now remedy that situation. So as part of that remedy, what's happening is that transitional protection that people are given has been removed retrospectively. And in its place, members will be given a choice for the benefits that they accrued during April 2015 and April 22. Um, and this choice applies retrospectively. They will be able to choose, do you want those benefits to either be in the legacy scheme, the 9508 scheme, or would you prefer those benefits to be in the 2015 scheme? So that's one of the main elements of the McLeod remedy. In addition to that, there's another element, and this is the rollback. So on the 1st of October last year, everybody was moved back into the legacy scheme from whence they came. And as a result of that, because you've been back in the legacy scheme for those extra seven years, all of those tax computations that you've done for annual allowance assessment, they need to be ripped up 
and redone. So we're going to have this rollback reassessment for annual allowance. There will be some other factors as well along the way, such as contingent decisions, whereby you will have an opportunity to retrospectively purchase membership if you opted out between October 2014 and April 22. For those who moved into the 08 scheme from the 95 scheme under the pension choices exercise, there'll be a reversal of that. For those who bought things like added to pension or ERBO in the 2015 scheme, there'll be a mechanism to, to translate those benefits within to the old legacy scheme as well. So in a nutshell, there's a lot happening with McLeod Remedy that's all about to kick off. Awesome. I'm gonna try and simplify this for everybody. Make sure you correct me if I oversimplify. So basically, if you were a member of the pension scheme, NHS pension scheme uh, in, on the 31st of March 2012, and then you had your scheme moved between the 1st of April 2015 and the 31st of March 2022, that is known as the remedy period, then you are impacted by McLeod. Is that right? It can also be people who weren't moved. So people who had full transitional protection never moved into the 2015 scheme because for them, they might have wanted to move into the 2015 scheme, particularly if they were far past the normal pension age of 60 from the 95 scheme. Right, listeners, I did try and simplify it, but it is really complicated, <laughs> but no, that's fine. Okay, so, so if you are affected, as in you are in that period, then what's happened is you've had your service rolled back effectively from October, and then at retirement, you have the choice whether to go back into your legacy scheme, which is your, your old one, shall we say, or stay in the current scheme, which is the 2015 scheme. Is that right? That, that's right. That rollback wasn't a choice. It's happened. You're already back in your old scheme. The choice is when you get to retirement and take your benefits, you can choose to move them back to the 2015 scheme or to the 2015 scheme if you were never there. Awesome. Okay. So, and then we did a kind of YouTube and podcast about this recently because the government announced how this would work in terms of the mechanisms of what's going to happen. But then they've announced something else, which is potentially a bit more exciting because it could mean compensation, money back, because a lot of us paid tax bills and have lost out. So tell us, give us some good news about compensation. Well, first, I'm just going to quickly just sort of just roll back before the compensation thing. Just quickly, the mechanisms that may be in place in the next 12 months or so. And we're going to talk about the annual allowance tax side of things, really, because uh, Graham's talked about choice. Choice is a kind of separate point in, in the process. And, and actually, there will be people that have already taken their pension, which will have, you know, to make a choice now. But others may be deferred down the line. But in terms of the tax side, if you've paid an annual allowance tax charge over the past years, or indeed may not have paid one, but should have paid one, or may have one that comes out of this, what should happen is from April 2024, they're saying at the moment they start think they're going to start to issue what's called a, a remedial pension saving statement. And that will have all the history of what they think the new tax charge or sorry, not tax charge, but pension growth um, should be over that entire period. Also including 2022, 23, which is outside that period, but will also need disclosing. You then have to go and take that data, enter it into an HMRC tool, which is still being developed. It's, it's better, but you know, there's modifications that we hopefully come through, recalculate all the tax and see whether you've over or underpaid and then take into account scheme page elections and all kinds of things. So it's quite, you know, it's, they, they kind of try and design it as a simple one-stop process, but actually it's probably 
there's lots of consideration points at this point in time. So there's an awful lot of work that's going to happen, probably kicking off from April 24 onwards. And we've got reasonably short time frame to deal with the majority of it. There will be complications which are going to take a bit longer. So what's, you know, one of the considerations then is actually, well, you know, a lot of people will need help with this. You know, it's, it's complicated enough for us, the experts, to, to look at. We deal with this day in, day out. But, you know, if you're, you only have to do this once, actually, it's going to be quite tricky just to get it all right. So they acknowledge that and acknowledge actually there's going to be some assistance required. So yesterday they, they issued the, the documents around the compensation that will apply. And I've read it once and then I've reread it again this morning. And what I thought I understood yesterday, I've clearly not understood because I've reread other stuff now. So there's some clear bits in it and there's some unclear bits in it. And probably the first, the clearest bit in it is they are indicating that there's going to be a thousand pounds, a maximum a thousand pounds allowance for professional costs for doing all this tax rework. And that's going to be probably available. I mean, they talk about accountants, but I think the danger is it's, you know, it's not necessarily accountants that will do this. It'll be, it's going to have to be the whole financial profession, really, because, you know, there's an awful lot of work to be done. So, so that's really the first point in call is they, but they, they've capped that now. You know, I don't know, Graham, what's your view on that? I mean, just to bear in mind here, I, I love this thing where they say it's £1,000 including VAT. So actually, it's not a £1,000 yes. allowance. It's actually significantly a little bit less. less. So the government are getting a nice £167 kickback on their VAT from that. So, you know, what's what's your view on that? Well, it, it's interesting because the, the, the document that was released, first of all, starts off with the premise that there will be compensation where you suffer a direct financial loss that is as a result of the age discrimination. So there are the two obvious examples. One is that rollback reassessment and the accountancy services there. There is also that help with the choice at retirement. But it's the other that will be interesting that surrounds this, because whilst the, the rollback reassessment will be specifically capped at 1,000, what if there are other things that surround that? Would they be compensatable? It's all a little bit vague at the moment. Yeah, I mean, also, there's a phrase in there. It also says per piece of advice all the time. You know, so it's thousand pounds per piece of advice. Well, what's a piece of I, mean, I had an accountant contact me yesterday. He said, well, if we've got someone with seven years worth of annual allowance things, we've got to recalculate. Can we do each one individually? Does that have a separate piece of advice? <laughs> I think that's probably pushing it. But actually, you, the point you made is really valid. There's, you know, the piece of advice here is not just doing a tax reclaim. It's the things that sit around it, and that's going to be quite interesting. I mean, we'll come on to the, the general point in a second, which is going to be the really interesting one. But then the second point is they've said, well, people might need help with the choice decision. Now, immediately, the choice decision is going to be, in simple terms, those have probably taken their pension already and therefore need to make a decision now. But actually, And, and then you've got the people who make a choice on retirement. There's a whole piece of work about the contingent decisions that comes in between. But that's been capped at £500, which, again, take the VAT out. That's £416 there or thereabouts in terms of advice. To me, that feels a bit low. And I suspect financial advisors are going to be going, well, that's not really going to cover any of our costs in, in some of the advisory aspects. I completely agree. My, my background is that I was a, a chartered financial planner, so used to dealing with complex financial planning. 
And for the type of members that will need support, it could involve things like sort of cash flow modeling. You might need to look at the interactions between their choice and the new maximum pension commencement lump sum rules. You might need to look at the interplay with IHT planning and all of those considerations. And to try and get that within the, the 500 pounds, including that, I, I think will be a struggle for the industry to provide. And you'll find that members will probably end up having to make a bit of a, a, a shortfall there. Yeah. Which seems a bit off because the whole point of the compensation was that no one be financially disadvantaged due to the discrimination, right? So it's not looking so good. I was excited at the start of this, but now it's not looking so good. Graham, do you want to get a bit into the contingent decisions and stuff? Because that's pretty complicated. And I know we get a lot of questions about this, which is like, you know, I opted out because I got a terrible pensions tax charge. Can I opt back in and how do I do it? Yeah, so we saw when the government announced their response to the McLeod Remedy Part 2 consultation that they were going to be a bit more friendly when it came to contingent decisions. So the evidentiary threshold is now that you just need to have been opted out between October 2014 and April 2022. So you don't need to go into chapter and verse of why you're opted out. You just simply have to have been opted out and be uh, a member in scope. So that's a good thing. We do know that members will have to pay the employee contributions for those periods of opt-out. And we're still waiting for the final details of how that mechanism is going to work. But one would assume there's either going to be a lump sum payment or a payment plan option and hopefully tax relief will come into consideration there and there'll be some sort of adjustment that it is made. We are a little bit disappointed that wasn't specifically covered yesterday in the announcement. What they have said is that they are going to basically launch some more information on that later, because I think those are going to be even more complicated potentially than the, the, the rollback reassessment and also the, the McLeod choice at the end. The, the reason being, is that if you do make a contingent decision, then that decision that you make now to retrospectively put membership in place will impact that rollback reassessment. So you will need to know, well, if I do take X action and, and maybe put in some membership back in for 16, 17, 17, 18, does that give me less carry forward and therefore give me a tax bill in 2021? So you're going to need all of this extra information. There might also be implications with regards to your maximum tax-free cash at retirement and how much income you get in retirement. So I imagine that contingent decisions could become a very complex area. And as I say, disappointing, not covered yesterday. And we are still waiting for the final details of how that's all going to work. So one of the things that was covered, but vaguely, and it is vague, so we've talked about the tax recalculation, we've talked about the choice stuff, talked about contingent decisions. One of the interesting things I thought that picked out from there is it says you can apply for a refund using the cost claim back scheme if you paid for professional advice about the move to the 2015 scheme, which is no longer valid due to rollback. And, you know, actually, when you sort of dive into the actual detail of the, the legislation that, or the, that they've sent with it, it talks about the scheme manager considers that a direct financial loss Awful. includes payments to professional services for advice, so accountants, IFA, but does not include a payment for informational services that, in the opinion of the decision maker, the applicant could reasonably obtain from the scheme manager of the NHS pension scheme or NHS BSA without charge. I think that's a really going to be a really interesting minefield, that one. 
you know, if you think about it from the GP perspective at the moment, the, the problems of actually getting accurate pension records over the past few years for many people has been quite difficult. Equally with those in hospital service with, you know, incorrect information in terms of service and all kinds of things that, you know, Graham, you've highlighted time and time again over the years in terms of how to correct things that are wrong. To me, that's going to be really interesting because it's going to be, you're going to have situations where actually, well, they didn't provide anything. I didn't provide the right information. A lot of financial advice has gone into to getting that, correcting it, you know, using that then on the basis of forecasts, which are no longer valid. Are all those costs, do you think, are they going to pay for all those costs? It's going to be very interesting because you're quite right. There's been a number of members, particularly higher earners, particularly GPs, who have paid hundreds, if not thousands, over those seven years trying to sort of manage the taxation consequences of being in the 2015 scheme and having legacy benefits at the same time. If, as a result of this, those tax bills are suddenly disappeared, well, we've got the, the compensation under the rollback assessment, so that's fine to cover the tax. But those individual costs that they've paid for that professional support, I think it'd be very hard for the scheme to argue not to cover those because there is no way it would be reasonable that the, the scheme could have provided that information. They don't now. <laughs> they definitely wouldn't have done back then. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a, yeah, I guess we're going to have more clarification. I hope it's not going to be at the point people try to submit claims. I mean, the interest of the claim document's quite good in that it, it allows you to, or allows you to get maybe a letter from your accountant or advisor, which sets out the costs over the years, rather than actually having specific invoices going back that, that specifically charge. Because, you know, I guess from an accountant's perspective, when we bill a client, it's a composite bill of X, Y, and Z services all, all thrown in. One of which, over the last umpteen years, annual allowance tax charges is quite significant. So yeah, that's going to be I think going to be an interesting, I mean, something you mentioned to me yesterday, Graham, you you felt perhaps they left it a little bit vague here because they didn't really want to open this can of worms, but I suspect they're going to have to open it. (laughs) Yeah, I I think what will happen is early on, we'll see quite a few sort of test claim forms just to see what can and can't be sort of achieved. Now, under the process, if you make a claim and it's actually been rejected, then you can get that claim reviewed. If that review is then unsuccessful, you can escalate it to their management and their management will then make a a decision. And then from there, you can even escalate up to the ombudsman. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if we have any rejected claims going all the way up the, the chain of complaints in order to try and get final answers on this. But I imagine there'll be quite a bit of resistance from the scheme when it comes to compensation payouts because they'll want to try and reduce losses as, as much as possible. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned the ombudsman. I know that several GPs have made successful compensation claims against PCSE Capita to, to the ombudsman and have compensation paid. We've got a podcast about it from about three years ago, search the archives. But yeah, that will be super interesting because speaking as a GP, you know, our pension record data is really difficult to get and you know i've paid for advice because i couldn't get the data so somebody modeled it based on my income and of course you know it's easy to model for an expert but that cost me a lot of money so was that information reasonably available from the scheme or whatever the wording andy said well in my case and lots of other gps cases definitely not because capita didn't even know what was going on (laughs) so yeah that will be super interesting okay so imagine you're listening to this you're in that remedy period that all affected by the mcleod what should someone do now and from April? Like, give us some sort of takeaways to do. What, what do we need to do, like, if we're affected now? 
So firstly, if you receive any documentation over the next month stroke year uh, of anything from the, the from the, that's to do with pensions, the most important one is this remedial pension saving statement. So it should be fairly clear that it's called remedial pension saving statement and it should then have a big table of lots and lots of numbers for lots and lots of years on which will be the clue that's what you need to do about it. Do not put that in the drawer or in the to-do pile to get round to dealing with it. And the reason I say that is there is a quite a short window actually for once that's been issued for both get making the correction but also making the compensation claim. You've only got 12 months to make a compensation claim from the issue of the remedial pension saving statement. So get on it quickly. It's one of those things that just deal with it. Now, so that's, you know, if you're talking to your advisor, you know, whoever, you know, someone like Medifintech or whoever you've used previously, then, then get on to them, but don't do nothing. To me, the other thing you could do at the moment is just make sure your house is in order, you know, um, something your pension record side, you know, is particularly again on the GP side, you know, if you can try and get your pension record up to date, at least to 21, 22, we, you can't go beyond that as a GP because the 22, 23 forms submission process is only about to kick off either today forms are meant to be coming out or in the next week or so. So it's, you can't get 22, 23, but up to 21, 22, if you can get your pension record up, up to date as a GP, if you're in hospital service, hopefully it's a, a bit better than that. And then I think the other point is to be able to submit this data, you have to do it through the government gateway. Um, and the government gateway is basically your interaction through your, with HMRC online. So if you have never signed up for a personal tax account or signed up for government gateway, I would get on that now. Actually, personal tax accounts, maybe we should do a separate YouTube on this, Tommy. I think they're getting, there's a lot of information on there. It's really useful. It's got other stuff on there. It's not just a, about pensions and the cloud and stuff. It's, but it's got things like your state pension history on there. So it's useful just to see where that's up to. It's got your tax calculations on there. It's got your tax codes on there if you're in employment and you can do things like making claims for professional subscriptions in there as well. If you're just in employment, see our medics money guide on that, which takes you through it. So yeah, if you can do that as well, I would do that as well. Graham, any? Other tips? I would endorse that very much about sort of getting your house in order. The one thing about your pension record, because it, is, it makes much more sense to make sure that this is done with an accurate pension record and the amount of errors there can be are legion. We, we did a, a, a YouTube video on this previously. So, yeah, please do download your sort of annual or speak to NHS pensions 0300-3301-346 and ask for your annual allowance and service and pay extract spreadsheet. The second part has that complete record of everything they hold about you, about the jobs that you've done. So start date, end date, pension will pay. If you're on less than full-time contracts, it's got the standard hours as well as the part-time and the number of sessions that you have done. And check that against your CV just to make sure that it all matches up. You've saved millions of pounds by correcting those types of errors. And the second bit is because you're going to need your historic tax data. So what your threshold income was and everything else. So try and sort of gather up those tax returns or tax computations you've got for those whole seven years. Because when you get this pension savings statement, it will give you what the seven years growth was before these changes. It will also show you the seven years after the changes. And it will also give you the five years before that for carry forward purposes. But what they don't have is all of the rest of your tax data. So you're going to need to supply that information. So yeah, and if you can get that done now, it will save you a job later on down the line. I, I do think this 12 month window 
must get challenged because it, 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 it's an awfully short time for a lot of work that needs to be done. And of course, when it comes to the actual the choice, well, we'll be there for years on, on that because there'll be many members who won't be retiring for, for many years now that will be given that McLeod choice. I'd reiterate that point about tax calculations, and particularly if you've just done your own tax returns, then you would be the only person that's got access to data. But if you have changed accountants over that process, that seven-year process, you may have joined a GP practice or something like that, then you may have had your tax done by different type, different accountants, and your current accountant will not have all that data. So yeah, whatever you can do to pull together would be useful. Yeah, and that's all stuff that people can do themselves, like now. And then if they do need help, you know, they need to use a specialist medical accountant or an expert financial advisor who's used to dealing with doctors. This is complex stuff. No offense to the mum and pop accountants out there, but they ain't going to cut it. Like just because your brother's friends always done your self-assessment and he also deals with high net worth individuals who work in banks, okay, they're not going to be suitable for this. So you need a specialist. But that's all stuff that you can do themselves. And then if they do need help, when they come to you with all those paperwork, all in order, dream client, right, for you guys, because they're just going to make it easier and potentially cheaper to if you don't have to chase all these bits of paper around. Very much so. But I, I, I'd also reiterate, there is this uh, compensation amount available. So whilst you might have the capacity to try and do this yourself and try and use the HMRC calculator, why risk it? If you can get a specialist that can support you and have that paid for, by the scheme, because it's the, the schemes, uh, the government's issue, why you, you've got this exercise to do, then rely on that and, and lean on that professional support. Brilliant. Awesome. It's so great for you guys to come on here, give your expertise at super short notice as well, spinning this up. It's 24 hours after it was released. So thank you so much for that. There's going to be more on this. If you've got questions, drop them in the YouTube comments and we'll loop back to either try and answer them in the comments or we usually do a special questions episode because they're normally not a sort of answer that can be given in two to three sentences on YouTube. So do that. Graham, you're on Twitter. I've forgotten what your thing is. Uh, it's at GDCUK. Yeah, so Graham's really responsive on Twitter. Andy just logged on to our Twitter this week and found a whole load of DMs, which I didn't even know that we got DMs. Sorry about that to anyone that's DM'd us, but don't DM us. Instead, just go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod, and you've got all the resources, all the videos we've done, all the information that we've made in one place. So medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash McLeod. Thanks so much, guys, for your time this morning. I know Graham's got a shoot off to speak to a journalist. I've just got this amazing new bracelet made for my daughter, so I need to go and pay her for that. So we better wrap it up now, I guess. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Bye.